Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's finally time, ladies and gentlemen. There's a starfield waiting in the sky because this is VGC, a video game podcast with me, Jordan Midler, Chris Gullion, and Jade King. Finally, after all this time, after months and months and months, I've had the game since 2017, we can finally talk about Starfield. But before that, Jade, how you doing? Good. Playing a lot of Boulders Go Free, yeah. not a lot of Starfield, you know. That big game of the week. Just playing the longest games ever made just for a laugh. It's um, been insufferable these this past month. It's been amazing, but also, yeah. oh my God, it's too much. I'm choking for a wee 10-hour single-player experience that you'd finish in like a couple of nights. Just a 25-hour short one. That would yeah. be nice. It'll be, it'll be interesting when we get to those kind of games in, in, in the next couple of months. It'll feel like we're flowing through them. Um, Chris, you've been uh, you've been playing hundreds of hours of Starfield this week. How have you been finding it? Oh, yeah, I've, I've I've never off it. Um, no, I haven't touched it. When you said you, you've had it since twenty seventeen, does that mean like quarter past eight last night? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I'm um, no, I, I actually have been playing a ten hour game this this uh, week, which I think we'll talk about later. So I'm I'm being kind of happy with that. Although I was like in tears by the end of it, so it's maybe not the most exciting um, way to spend ten hours. But yeah, one time I've been in tears playing Starfield, but it's only because it's absolutely knackered my wrist. But let's get. Onto it. We're going to patch the headlines for the second half of the show. Let's talk Starfield. Now, people, you don't need to worry. We will not be spoiling the game. Um, a game that actually has more significant, like, story-related spoilery stuff than I was expecting it to. Like, the second half gets really, really strange. But, Jade, top line. First of all, how do you feel about Bethesda games generally? And how do you feel about Starfield? Because I feel like that will really influence how people, like, go on this one. I feel like Fallout 3 was my first proper Western RPG. Mm-hmm. So I was brought up on that Bethesda mold. I loved Fallout 3, loved Skyrim, kind of fell off the wagon with Fallout 4. Like like I think a lot of people did. They were like, this needs to change. But I think coming into Starfield, this is probably the best Bethesda RPG in since Fallout 3, I think. Like yeah. it it's it's one of those games, a million percent, but also it does a lot of like cool fascinating things but still just lets you do whatever you want it's very good like i think you said before it's a very very good one of those games and that's spot on yeah i think that's kind of where i fall down on it it's when i was writing my review i felt myself thinking it doesn't really do anything like revolutionary in any way Mm -hmm. like there's no there's no red dead conversation system where you can talk to any npc anything like that there's nothing that's really gonna be the thing that in 10 years people say oh um starfield did this but it does so much and it kind of feels like them finally nailing what they've been trying to do for those bethesda games for so long so people it's it's weird because they've talked so much about this game but there's also people that were like not quite sure what it was going to be it honestly saying it's fallout in space gets you a lot of the way there in terms of the combat in terms of what you're doing for missions and stuff like that in terms of like the way you interact with when you start talking to someone you zoom into your, their face and there's like a depth of field effect like all of that stuff gets you there so essentially we're, we're fallout in space you start as just this uh, random minor johnny any man um or any woman or any anyone really the the kind of that part of it fell down for me a wee bit in terms of the role playing because after i made my character i was like i'm not going to think about him ever again <laughs> it's kind of unfortunate we mentioned Baldur's Gate 3 because Baldur's Gate 3 is such an RPG like you're you're constantly it's all about your character you're seeing them all the time and there's a few moments in Starfield where you do see your character and I literally didn't recognize him I was like no that's it, it. yeah no one plays these games in third here? person yeah. especially what did you think of the opening because that was probably one of the weakest parts of the game for me yeah I thought it's weird because obviously part of my part of playing through the opening I was just kind of 
overawed by the fact that i was like okay right we're playing it it's time to actually see what this game is but on a replay to uh, capture from some footage of it it is a bit slow it doesn't really it is quite handholdy it doesn't really get you to do like the fun stuff until you're like an hour and a half mm. in but yeah it's i suppose there's always an element of that in these games obviously fallout 3 is the most egregious example with like the two hour prelude uh prelogue and um vault 101 and stuff like that but yeah for you jade did you when you finished the intro did you go straight to doing like constellation missions and um, constellations are like the main mission that's like the main faction in the game or did you decide to just go wild and and float about i went to new atlantis first thing which is like the first big city you see and one you return to i met ah. everyone in constellation and after that, I literally buggered off into space for about 20 hours and didn't yeah. <laughs> think about going back to the main quest until someone at the game had told me, oh, there's some really cool stuff here. And I thought, okay. And then I got wrapped <laughs> up in it again. But yeah, this is very much once you get the rigmarole out of the way in the beginning, you can totally just go where you want, do what you want. You'll be hamstrung, I think, if you don't have some stuff unlocked. But you can, yeah, I did not stick around the main quest. Yeah. Um, I ended up doing the complete opposite because I thought Constellation was just going to be like one of the... I thought I didn't realize it was the main faction. I thought it was just yeah. one of the people you'd meet. So I was like flying through Constellation missions and I was like, this is like... This feels like it's really pivotal content and then it got to one bit. Am I going to get to the end credits in a minute? Like, yeah. <laughs> like obviously there is a choice in, in the Constellation kind of mission system and I was like, Surely they're not going to make me choose this now because this will cut off like a load of the game for me. And once that happened, I was like, okay, let me just basically turn around and go in every other direction. And then I was running into all these uh, quests that were clearly designed for you when you're like level seven and I'm like, like level oh, 25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, crap. They're talking to me like I'm some rookie, like three star ranger, not as if I've been like across the galaxy saving the world. Um, yeah, it's. <sighs> So it's a weird one to talk about because I feel like it'll, most people uh, who have like are interested in it, obviously you can play it on Game Pass as of next week. They're not doing the early access thing on Game Pass. And it's a really easy sell on Game Pass because there's just so much to do. You just keep mm -hmm. it installed forever. Um, oh, did you play it on PC or Xbox, Jed? I jumped between. Primarily so Xbox, I. I think. But when I was doing capture or just like wanting to play it while I was working. I was on the PC version. Yeah. Um, look, we might as well talk about that about that now. Um, my experience with the Xbox version, pretty crap. Um, the, oh, really? Yeah. It, it ran pretty terribly for me on Xbox. And I don't know if it was like... So I started on Xbox and then um, I downloaded it on my PC, which has like... It's got like a 4090 and stuff like that. It's, it can run on Ultra for everything. So I'm, I am not comparing the Xbox to the PC version in that way. It was just when I went back to Xbox, I was like having loads of frame rate depths. I was having insane loading times. But did, did you not experience that? I'd say the PC version is superior. Like I'm like yeah, you. Yeah. I ran it on Ultra, 1440p, very little issues. But on Series X, it's locked to 30. I think it's in the 4K round. I'm not too sure. But no, I didn't have a single crash on Xbox. And the loading time seemed relatively comparable to PC on an SSD, which is strange because oh, okay. I've came away from the xbox version thinking it's way less problematic than it should have been for a bethesda game well that that is another thing like in terms of bugs and stuff like that i didn't really run into much but my my, my experience with the xbox version wasn't great and a few people i've spoken to who were swapping between have said similar it has been nice to be able to just swap between like the, the, the yeah the play anywhere stuff is really is really do, solid but do, um, you, do you think like social media is going to be full of people sharing bugs anyway because you know a lot of people have these preconceptions of what they expect a Bethesda game to be at launch and I think a lot of people are hoping there'll be a lot of bugs in it and obviously every game that has ever existed has bugs in it and I wonder if especially those who are, are looking for this game to fail because they may sit on a certain side um, might be act actively looking for clips of bugs and making your bug montages and stuff to kind of give the impression that it's buggier than it actually is yeah and um, definitely yeah. there will be like a, an arms race to have like the best bug compilation video on youtube straight away and on tiktok and stuff like that but um yeah it's it's just not I, like i've played so much more buggier games this year um yeah. 
the the only real belt that i had and it's part of the video review was i was talking to the leader of uh, one of the factions and um his hair and his chest and everything apart from his head and his arms disappeared so it was just this floating head in the middle of the screen and i was like <laughs> it's so nice that this is the kind of bugs we're dealing with in a bethesda game and not game breaking quest annihilating ones um do you get any good bugs I found out the the longer you keep the game running, like I was in the cockpit of my ship and I left it idle for a good few hours while I was just doing other thing, other things. And I discovered like some of the detail, like hair and like eyes and stuff on characters will slowly get worse and worse as the game oh, really? stays on, which was bizarre. <laughs> and that was funny, but like a reset fixed it. But one yeah. thing I will say so got, is... So it's got real-time aging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really innovative in that regard, you know. <laughs> One thing I will say is there's no like hard, I haven't encountered like a single hard crash or like quest breaking bugs or anything, but it does have that like charming Bethesda jank, like the way NPCs move around or oh, yeah. initiate conversations. Like if you talk to someone and they're like sitting down or behind you, they'll just twist their head exorcist style to talk to you. Or <laughs> if there's a conversation between two people in different rooms, I was talking to Solomon Coe, one of the companions in Constellation. Just having a chat, like, you're right, mate. And his daughter was in the conversation with me, but she was downstairs in the basement, but she still responded to what we were saying <laughs> nice. in the lobby. So it kept jumping back and forth and it made no sense. And like people will walk funny or you'll hear the same lines over and over again if you're like traveling with a companion. It's yeah, stuff like but that. But beyond that, no, it's pretty bugless. From I've spent like 40 hours of it, maybe. So I'm like... <laughs> by the end of today i'll probably cross somewhere in like the 100 range and oh, wow, it, okay. it, it is stuff like just like there was a there was a pre-release patch that came out and it was like it fixes an issue where occasionally characters will float and there was there is a couple of those like especially in cons in the in the lodge for constellation it's got like a couple of different levels yeah. in, the, in, in the main area and characters will just be like very slightly leaning over the edge of one of them and it's like oh this is just for a game of this size this stuff just doesn't matter it's not like cyberpunk where the game was like falling apart on console like it's, well, everything it's... was floating in the review build i remember yeah. playing that and they were like it'll be fixed it'll be fixed but with this <laughs> before the day one patch i was like almost astounded by how smooth it is yeah it's it's it's, a, it's, it's really really solid and in terms of like the the only crash i had was there was a moment in the game where you you like jump through space and you're immediately attacked and I kept getting killed at this bit because I, I couldn't get away fast enough and that repeating that over and over again the, the game was just like no we're, we're crashing here but um yeah it's it's I really expected it to be a, a bit of a bin fire like the as I say my experience on series x wasn't great but it's still it's it's the whole you can so the whole game's still there like it's still you're still mm. getting the starfield experience it's just not this like premiere thing I really want to see what it runs like on a Series S. Me too. Be... I haven't spoken to anyone, but that's got to be... If this game is going to be rough, it's going to be rough on a Series S. Yeah. Press, you'll need a port back. You're a Series S haver, aren't you? I'm a, yeah, I, I dabble between them both, but I'm, I'm not touching it till Christmas, so you'll need to wait. Okay. Unless unless you, do, I'm sure Digital Foundry will have something, because I hear they've got code. Oh, do um, they? But, um, <laughs> other than Lucky. That, like, I mean, you'll need to you'll need to wait till Christmas for my for my <laughs> uh, uh, feedback on it, because that's my that's my Christmas break game. I'm not touching oh. it. You must have found that code down the back of the couch. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a. I think it's really good. Um, I'm really happy with it in terms of my expectations like so <laughs> before the game came out and they showed all these uh showcases and stuff like that i was like oh there's so much to do here all the shipbuilding, all the outposts and stuff like that i barely touched the outpost stuff I've, i I've haven't like, at all i built I've one outpost screwed but, up and left it yeah it's like in fallout 4 like they had all the the base building stuff and like it's cool that it's there and there will obviously be videos like there was a fallout 4 of like oh look at this person who's built like a palace in this outpost system but it, does it ever feel like there's a bit too much going on jade do you think i think especially because what in regards to like you can land on a planet and build an outpost or whatever on any of them and it can be your base of operations it doesn't really explain any of any of those mechanics yeah. you kind of just discover them as you play and i think as a result and there's so many resources and stuff to gather you kind of just don't bother with it bother with it yeah in terms of like the 
the landing on the planet obviously there's a big there's a big bag of no man's sky hanging over this when you can land on any planet although it's crucially the difference no man's sky is you're not free landing on any planet in terms of actually flying down there and flying the ship on like planet level all that stuff's animation um but when i landed and i was like oh you've picked up like aluminum and you've picked up all these different uh, materials i was like this feels like a totally different game with mm. all this scanning stuff that doesn't feel quite as fleshed out as the like bethesda rpg part of the game so i wonder if that's something they'll kind of look to more i also thought the menus generally were kind of clunky like in terms of mm. like flying from system to system and stuff like that there was just a few times where it was like okay set your route and then jump and then it would be like it, it wouldn't quite work or the worst part is so when going from system to system you need to use your grav drive and each ship has a different capacity for how far it can jump but some ships will be able to go 10 systems away if you go system to system but can't just go from 1 to 10 and doing that a few times i was just like this is like i get realism for realism's sake but this just feels like adding loading screens and stuff like that so that feels like something they could smooth over was there anything anything like that for you jade that you thought was a bit awkward or something that you think could be maybe polished up a bit yeah i think in general like ahead of release they've made a big deal about a thousand planets and all that stuff and you can explore every one of them but the reality is like as you said the hoops you jump through to land on planets and travel to the different systems arguably isn't worth what you find there which is yeah a lot of just like procedurally generated like outposts or caves where there's normally like nothing in them worth caring about and scanning resources which if you're not bothering with the upgrades or the construction side of things also don't feel as compelling i think that's a large part of where starfield falls short is in the big like galaxy-wide exploration because it both isn't that interesting and i feel like in starfield a lot of the main quests and the characters are better than they've ever been because mm. On Twitter and stuff, people have been complaining about like, oh, you can't walk across an entire planet and it stops after like 10 minutes of walking in real time. But trust me, you do not, you will get very bored very quickly before you do any of that. Yes, the, the, it's, it's not that game. And the no. the stuff on the planets is like, oh, there'll be like a gravitational anomaly and there's like a wee, each planet has a little menu of, um, you scanned 78% of the fauna and the flora and stuff like that. And you can do that for XP, but... It, it feels, some of it feels like they knew they were making a space game and they knew if they had planets you couldn't land on people would be like this isn't the 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 three the freewheeling bethesda world we want so they had to do something as i don't know if they've said but i assume that stuff's procedural like i assume those like small wee caves and mm. little outposts and stuff is procedural but there's been just enough of them that I've landed on and there's been like a little story or a little something mm. or other that it does tempt you to land on all of them the game is good about saying to you if a planet is completely barren and pointless to land on so there is there is something in that but yeah it's i almost wish there was like a list of all the planets and like tiers or something like that it's like here's the planet yes. with big cities on it here's the planets with like smaller stuff on it because i can't remember what planet is on is in which system and what part of the star map and stuff like that like it's it, all that stuff's a bit kind of a bit kind of muddled so yeah. like someone, needs, someone needs to write a guide <laughs> a guide to the universe <laughs> just mod it mate Get on but it. yeah the cities themselves are incredible like oh yeah they're they're like night city but several times over in cyberpunk like new atlantis aquila neon they're all huge you could spend tens of hours in these cities alone i think yeah it's pretty it's pretty overwhelming when you land on those those big cities because it's like okay this is clearly going to be like the, the equivalent of another single player game's worth of stuff in here yeah. like i was i was finished with the game and obviously have you finished it yet jade not yet okay so obviously i'm not going to say how it ends don't worry but there's like and people have been asking about like oh is it's a bethesda game is there a big thing at the end that stops you playing it or something like that but the game is good about saying this is the ending like mm. you're about to do the ending go and mess about and i was like okay i'll mess about and i was finding areas like in new atlantis that i'd never been to like and in, in little uh there's like a, a tv station that you can go and sell stories to where you just make up stuff about what you've been doing or it can be like legit and stuff like that 
so there's just it's a game that does not translate well to trying to cover it in a certain amount of time because in an ideal world like the way i played fallout 3 and the way i played fallout 4 i would still just be and and full-on messing about either i'd be getting up to like level 70 before i even finished the, the main quest whereas in this i think i was level 35 by the time i finished it and that seemed okay. to be like just like playing a lot of side stuff the only side stuff i hadn't played i haven't played uh well the only faction is like the the cult I'm, I'm, i can't remember their name but oh the enlightened mind or something yeah there's like there's like a cult that you you interact with at some point kind of early in the game within the first hour you do a mission and you have to like sneak past them in a ship which like st a ship doing stealth is like a funny concept on its own but i never really interacted with them um speaking of what do you think of the lack of a karma system jude i quite liked it because i think in past bethesda games it's always been especially fallout 3 you're either like hitler or jesus <laughs> yeah. and if you if you try to go in between it was kind of less rewarding but I think in this, it's more akin to like Cyberpunk or The Witcher, where you kind of, the decisions you make are morally dubious. They can be good or be evil or just be the kind of character you want to play. And I appreciated that sort of breadth because I found with the companions as well, some of them were more sensitive to stuff I do, or some of them didn't mind me being evil. Like yeah. Andresia, who's the companion I kept for most of the game, whenever I stole stuff or like accidentally killed someone, she'd kick off so i kept having to reload my save yeah but yeah like yeah. i haven't hit any pivotal big plot decisions yet that in a past bethesda game would be associated with a karma system but i think i prefer the lack of one over a stringent one that's good to hear that that's something i, I generally like, dislike about games when they had a, like a a good or a bad system to them because like i don't, I don't like when a game when you have to kind of commit to one all the way through because when you're dealing with so many npcs like there might be a guy who i think this guy's a wank and, and i don't want to be nice to them but then you meet somebody else and go i, I want to help you out and it, it doesn't really work with a, <laughs> with a system where you're expected to be nice or evil to everyone but i like that i like the fact that you can uh, pick and choose essentially yeah it's more kind of like the you'll do something and you'll get a reaction from your companion it'll be like Sarah Morgan, who's the one that I, I, I used mostly, was like, like this, love this, dislike this, hated mm. this. Or if you do something really egregious, it'll be like, it's no longer following you kind of thing. Yeah, like, I got that. Like, I'm, I'm leaving, mate. I've had it. <laughs> <laughs> I got that a couple of times. It, it, it messed up for me, though, because there was a mission where I had to go and uh, like speak to someone to get, a, um, to get money they owed. And you could talk to them if you killed everything, like all the all the kind of pirates around them. It would like take them out of their aggro state, and you can just speak to them. So I threw a grenade uh, to like one of the pirates, and this person ran over there and got blown up by the grenade. And Sarah Morgan was just like, "I'll see you later. I'm not I'm not dealing with this anymore." <laughs> I could do mass murder, but this one specific individual, not having yeah. it. <laughs> um, there's obviously there's 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 like romance options and stuff like that in the game like i was talking to my partner about it it's, it's hilarious like for the majority of my time with sarah she's just like mm, not so sure mm, not so sure then you do one mission and she's like marriage should, should we get married now um, that that's, like how, that's how it works <laughs> yeah i've been life, flirting with everyone so we'll see how that lands me in the end that's the Baldur's gate and you're talking that's yeah where, where's big carlac we need a character like carlac and uh and starfield um yeah the there is you get a lot of companions like within about five hours you have like eight people on your ship and it, it was it was strange because um did you pick the adoring fan trait jade no i didn't i picked space parents then so i couldn't I got, kill them so that was sad exclusive i've been wanting to know that since they showed the space parents um you, i've got a video i send it to you you can't okay, do it good. <laughs> <laughs> um the the adoring fan is obviously like a it's like a, a bethesda staple but once you get him and he's on your ship the problem is you take off and land so much and he has take off and landing dialogue that eventually oh, no. just repeats so it's like every single time it's like oh man i'm gonna put a bullet in the back of this guy's head can you I, i've i've tried but he just he, i don't he's, know he's if, fast yeah he's, <laughs> he's rapid i've tried but he just went into like a down state and then it stopped letting me shoot him um i just had a little sleep and then he comes yeah. back um yeah the the, the the companion system is straight it feels weird that you can't take more than one person out on a mission with you but i suppose there's a there's a aspect of that that would kind of 
perhaps break the way the combat works which i think the combat is the best they've done like in yeah. terms of the actual shooting it's as far and away the best they've done not that that was is saying puns because obviously the shooting in fallout 3 is absolutely awful it's a bit better in fallout 4 but they can rely on the fact that they have that so no one really bothers about the fact that the the like normal shooting is bad but um what what kind of what kind of build were you using um, i was i found like a really overpowered um laser shotgun quite f near the start and i honestly used that for about 15 levels even though it was so like far behind where my curve was i was with the freestar collective so i was going like the big space cowboy brute for a large nice. amount of my playthrough so i had a mixture of like silenced weapons and melee weapons and was using some some other stuff but i'm trying to be stealthy and failing but yeah i think there is a lot of versatility here for builds but the enemy ai doesn't always allow for it but yeah we'll see there are, there are some cases where it'll just, they'll just spin on a sixpence and be like oh there you are that's another thing there's like pivotal mechanics that are locked behind skills that they never really tell you about unless no, you, they like, don't poke it's... around like stealthy being stealthy is locked behind a skill this the entire pickpocket yeah. is a perk now like you have to unlock it like the the um certain dialogue options that are perk the, the jet pack that they've shown in like every single piece of uh, pre-release media is a perk that you have to pick like it's it's, it's kind of strange like it it has all the bethesda stuff you expect in terms of like there's uh there's lock pack oh what do you think of the new lock pack in minigame love it um unironically me, it's me like too. it's like bioshock pipe puzzles but less bullshit yeah it made me feel incredibly stupid though because there's like a novice one on the second mission and it's an optional objective to open the safe and i was like it gives you like five digi picks because we can't have bobby pins in space they have to be digi picks space bobby pins that's what yeah I mean. and it gives you like five of them outside the 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 uh the safe and i was like if i can't do this in five and it's a novice then i don't know i do not know what i'm going to do but yeah that stuff's uh that that was okay it's interesting that there's um basically if you succeed one of these these checks whether it be uh uh, a lockpick or a, a speech check it will build up a wee meter and occasionally give you like automatic wins like you can just press a button and skip through it which i thought was uh decent jade what did you think about the new persuasion system because it's no longer just a, a hard number that you are good enough at speaking to be to be able to beat someone it's it's like almost uh it's it's like almost a gamble where you can pick an easy option but you have to do a lot of these easy options in a row or there will be a, a difficult conversation option where you basically just call them a bastard, but that will like <laughs> that will um, win the check. What did you think about that change? I thought it was okay. It feels a bit unnatural sometimes when you like enter that state, especially yeah. if you rush through it and you get it right. They're just like, "All right, you convinced me not to like kill this dude, and here's some money as well." I unlocked a perk as well where you can essentially just bribe people, but depending on like their moral standing they'll either be disgusted or you can just win the challenge outright yeah but it, it's nicer than just having a percentage and playing your luck it feels like you're playing a role in convincing them as opposed to just leaving it to chance and it, i sometimes felt like in those conversations the entire tone of the conversation and the tone of my character would change no like, uh, one million percent yeah it's like they they have a certain amount of i, I would look at these responses and like i don't think any of these work for the person that i'm talking to here like and then it would be like this this hard-nosed like guy who works behind a bar and he's like oh you can go and find this person if you want i don't give a shit about him and then one of the one of the options is like you don't want to lose him do you and then you say that and he's like oh okay maybe i don't <laughs> want to lose him and it's like how, how was i supposed to guess that other than the fact that it was like low on the on the thing i'd go from like i'll kill your family and he's like oh, all right don't and then i'd be like come on I'm a good yeah. guy, and he'll be like, "Yeah, all right, then go on." <laughs> yeah, it, it it can be that awkward sometimes. Like, and also, it's it feels unnatural sometimes. There will be arbitrarily like four or five of these checks that you have to pass in a row, and it feels like after the first bit of the conversation, you've already convinced them, and you're still trying to convince them. And then maybe you'll convince them four times, and then the last one will fail, and they'll be like, "Ah, oh, get to I'm not <laughs> yeah. interested in you anymore. Go away." Um, what do, what do you think is better this or just the 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 sheer like a Baldur's gate 3 d20 role when it comes to stuff like conversation i don't know because i do like it does feel just like an extra layer because in bethesda games you're kind of picking dialogue options anyway that mm. determine where you go and what you get without 
entering a persuasion mini game. So it can just feel like an extra unnecessary layer, unnecessary yeah. layer when like a dice roll is almost like a greater sense of risk. Yeah, and it, obviously in Baldur's Gate, playing through Baldur's Gate 3, the majority of what I was doing was just like opening the menu and quick saving and quick loading just to make yeah, sure constantly. I got that dialogue anyway. So it doesn't really, it doesn't really, like that was something I wasn't doing in uh, Starfield, not only because it doesn't let you save during conversations, which I think was very intentional. Uh, so yeah, that's a that's a weird change. Um, the, the, the side missions and activity system I thought was interesting because there are so many instances of like infinitely generated missions that are so obvious like you go to a mission board and it'll be like go and kill johnny pirate he's on galaxion 3 and then for whatever reason i had to reload a save and check it again and it's like go and kill johnny trader he's on ko 35 and it's just it's just like find replace that you can do that stuff infinitely for credits and stuff like that but in terms of actual side missions um it already it, well i say already i've played like a billion hours of it quite early on i was finding missions that were like okay this feels like classic bethesda long ass side have you done the mantis side mission jade no i don't think so so there's a, there's a there's a side mission involving like this like legendary ship and this legendary like um space traveler and going through this mission that you can get quite early on gets you a ship that is like an end game ship essentially oh i need to do this and, then okay yeah and it's like okay it's like okay this is exactly what i want out of a a weird bethesda side story um i thought the <laughs> the mission menu is like quite difficult to parse sometimes because it's just this massive stack of stuff and like deciding what's actually active and what you're doing there's so, like there could be remember like a year after the witcher 3 came out they released an update that like completely cleaned up all the menus like i mm. feel like starfield could maybe go for one of them because it's a wee bit awkward but the stuff i'm the stuff that is to moan about in starfield is so minor compared to how good the rest of it all is like it's it's it was a weird kind of almost boring review to write because it was just like yeah I, I really like it I, I love bethesda games and this is one that i can love pretty much unconditionally whereas loving fallout 4 is like ah yeah it's very fallout 3 and ah yeah, yeah it's pretty broken and ah yeah the story's it's this shit, but with, yeah. yeah i agree with starfield i can forgive the small flaws that i have the small problems i have with it because i'm constantly doing cool new shit and yeah progressing in a way that feels deeper than other bethesda games that have come before this definitely um oh i think so the skill system you get a skill you get a skill point for each time you level up and you have um this big massive skill tree and then uh for each skill there's four ranks of it but you can only unlock the next rank if you complete a challenge so say you pick pistol certification in order to even spend a skill point to upgrade that you need to get 20 pistol kills which i thought was like an interesting kind of incentive of actually use the thing you've been doing mm. um some of them are a bit ludicrous though because I, I can't remember what one it was but one of the the skills was like un un uh, uh shoot every bullet in your clip x number of times so the entire time i had this challenge it was just sliding on the screen over and over and over again because i was like <laughs> emptying my, my shotgun over and over and over again um but yeah i feel like uh the do you feel like you're leveling up quick enough, Jude? I f that, there was maybe a part of me that was like, I wish I maybe had about 20 more skill points by the time I got to where I was. I felt like I was leveling up at a decent clip, but the progression that you get from that is quite glacial, especially because yeah. you have to go and chase those challenges, which feels like a halfway between your skills improving when you use them in Oblivion and like the perk system of, say, Fallout 3. Because yeah. it does feel like I'm okay at certain things, but I'm also awful at others because I found out from a colleague that one of the late game faction quests is locked off until you have like, you're really good at ship combat. And if you haven't been like specking oh, really? in that way, it's kind of, you're going to be screwed over unless you grind yeah. those of levels. And I don't think there's a level cap. No, I don't. I, I, I think Pete Hines came out and said yeah. that he thinks there's not one. So if he, if he's not Even sure, he doesn't he's know. not had it yet. Um, Todd just not told him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and there's also, like, on the skill tree to unlock later skills, you obviously have to be investing into that tree. So there's some later stuff that I would like, but I'm like, I'm not going to spend what are essentially dead levels to get mm. there. Um, So 
I mean, there's probably similar to back in Skyrim where you could just make daggers forever. There's probably a good guide in how to just mm. uh, level up infinitely by killing random uh, like bugs and stuff like that. Uh, the it was a weird situation with the levels of enemies because I feel like I was hitting enemies that were like okay, this, this, this guy who's in the middle of all these enemies is level 50, then everyone around him was level 7, and I was getting, like, fairly similar XP for killing each of them. Yeah. So le- the, the levels don't seem to matter. There's also systems have levels. So there was a system that was level 75. I flew into it, and I was fighting uh, pirates that were, like, 10 levels below me. So it's all kind of, like... And it's very much like you can kite an enemy into a corridor and blast them no matter what level they are. It's yeah, They'll deal more damage, but... If you're smart enough, you can take down someone 20 levels your senior pretty easily. That, that reminds me of, did you ever play Two Worlds on the I did. Xbox 360? There's, <laughs> what a shit game. But one of my, one of my, two fav- of one of my favourite games because it's so bad. There's, there's a, the final end game dragon can be found right at the start of the game. Um, despite if you go a certain way, you can find the dragon. And when you hit it, it does like a recoil animation. And if you time it perfectly, you can hit it when it comes back from the recoil. So from uh-huh. like level one, you can go and kill like the main dragon if you'd spend like an hour and a half just cutting it over and over and over again and get all the shit from it and suddenly become like this most overpowered guy in the world from beating just one fucking thing. It's, it's, it doesn't, it sounds like um, Starfield is slightly better than that. Yeah, it's got um, a space dragon. Just, it's a bit different. Yeah. I, th- I think I think in, in conclusion to this section, we will say that Starfield is better than Two Worlds. Um, it's, it's good enough for me. It was I'm a close competition, I think. I'm glad we can finally establish that on the on the VGC podcast. But yes, Starfield coverage across the world, uh, my review is currently on the site. You can go and watch the video review. You can go and watch... The, if, if this video processes, it's been processing for 12 hours, you can go and watch the first 80 minutes in 4K... Um, and there's going to be Starfield coming out your neck. Jade, what's your, what's your coverage plan for, for Starfield? What can people go and see at 5pm? Our review by Ben Sledge is coming, and I won't reveal the score. You'll have to go and read it. And we'll have a bunch of like One. features coverage coming <laughs> throughout the early access weekend, and a lot of guides and videos and all that good stuff. But yeah, Starfield yeah. for days. That's pretty much the situation here. Until Baldur's Gate 3 comes days. to PS5. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on the same bloody day. I know. What, what an absolute joke it's, it's, it's gaming season it certainly is gaming season we will be back after this break with a couple of headlines hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And we are back. Story number one, folks. Get your money out. Sony is raising PlayStation Plus prices by up to 35%. From September 6th, the price of the 12-month subscription for the services, essential, extra, and premium plans will rise by at least 33% for each tier in the US and at least 20% in Europe. 19% in the UK. Come on, Brexit. We got there. We got that 1%. (laughs) Beginning next month, the prices will be as follows. PlayStation Plus Essential, which is your bog standard, will be $59.99 in the UK. Uh, PlayStation Plus Extra, which is the library of PS4 and PS5 games, will be $99.99. And PlayStation Plus Premium, which is uh, the stuff that was aforementioned and the worst backwards compatible library you can possibly imagine, (laughs) $119.99. 
this is perhaps expected because everything is getting ridiculously more expensive but to announce that on the same month that you are announcing that your free game is saints row worth the money VPCs, you know. saints row two out of five saints row two out of five and that's generous saints row chris what did you think of this what, what who's, who's got the money for this my friend i would give you 119 sterling for saints row alone <laughs> so, so i don't know what you're wanting about five quads for it if you want one <laughs> No, it's pissing it. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's like, I mean, like you say, like, everything's getting more expensive. Like Game Pass went up recently, but this is like, like, if it, like, like you say, like the, the, the premium one's the one that winds me up the most because if, if, other than the streaming, which I don't do anyway, so that doesn't affect me. So I'm, I'm massively selfish and I'm only thinking about my own needs here. Th- th- that retro classics catalogue isn't, isn't great. It's, it's not, um, it, it's not, what I'd hoped it would be, with the exception of Ridge Racer Type 4 and Ridge Racer 2 on the PSP. Um, mm. I'm not feeling like you've got Tekken 1 there, but not 2 and 3, um, all that kind of stuff. It's like It feels like there should be more on it by now, considering how long it's been going for now. And the fact that a lot of them don't release with trophies and all this kind of stuff, it's like... So to then say, by the way, that's an extra 20 quid now, I'm like, mate, you've got to show me something for that to, to kind of make it clear that that extra 20 quid's going somewhere essentially that was the thing like i mean full disclosure for the first 15 months of this um thing's existence we didn't pay for it we were added to it by sony and even then i was jumping on it and i was like i feel ripped off here <laughs> and it was like there's like nothing i want to play on it particularly like it was just so like the dream was of obviously Oh, they're going to get all these PS1, PS2 games going. They're going to get these. Uh, the, they're going to find a way to get PS3 games working, but it just hasn't panned out like that. Jade, what tier do you pay for? Do you pay for PS Plus at all? Do you give a single shit? I'm premium to my shame, but I'm I'm monthly, and it's I'm not going to be for much bloody longer. I want to play yeah. Ape Escape on PSP, but not this much. It's it, like as Chris said, they haven't that they've introduced this with nothing to show for it or to justify. The price hike when it already feels quite expensive anyway before they've done and hiked it up yeah yeah it's it's strange i go now to our uh, our uh, us correspondent one jeffrey grubb um who said that he's heard a state of play is coming and this might be a lead-in i could understand a universe wherein the the state of play happens and they go okay mind psvr2 us neither but see from now on see in the in these certain tiers you're getting a psvr2 game the quality of uh, monthly games ignore saints row the quality of monthly games is going to go up this isn't going to become games with gold and some other wee sweeteners that headset you don't own own. here's a game yeah that's that's the thing it's like there are like three psvr2 games so that'll only work for like three months (laughs) this whole like i'm not paying 20 quid extra a year to get games for a thing i'm not buying because it's yeah. dead already like that, that the psvr2 um i'm sorry to say is is dead in the water already that that's not salvageable um need to take it around the back and shoot it um just now instead of pretending that there's this vast library on the way um any developers who aren't making games for it yet are not making games for it now because They've seen how it's gone. That nobody's going to make nobody's nobody right now is saying. I think I fancy making a PSVR two game. There's nothing in the pipeline either. Like they had Horizon at launch, and now they've just been porting stuff. That's all I, that I, thing yeah. has. As I said, I think Horizon will be the biggest thing that game ever, that system ever gets. However, if you say that on Twitter.com, let me tell you. <laughs> It's as if you've made fun of it's as if you've made fun of an Xbox executive. Let me tell you from experience. That's why it's safe to say it on here when nobody's listening. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, any stupid thing we say on this podcast later in the day, I have a Twitter notification being like, "I can't like what are you talking about. I can't believe you said that. God rest them, etc." Um, so yeah, this was a this is an uh, an unwelcome uh, piece of news that they should have buried in a state of play alongside like oh here's Cody Barlog's new yeah. game they did, they did try and bury it they, they did try and bury it but like you said they buried it at the end of a here's Saints Row thing yeah. where, where people are already scrolling through it and say surely there's something better than this that's the worst chase <laughs> possible and it, and it, exactly and at the end here's say, Saints Row and by the way it costs more than you would want it to 
Yeah. Imagine a week where Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt both die and then we get hit with this as well. This is what it a comes week. in threes. What a week. Um, <laughs> how, how am Fuck. I supposed to afford this when I, do you know how many Pokemon cards I've got to buy, Chris? One. Do you know how do you know how much Blackberry uh, bloody vape juice I've got to buy in my life? How am I meant to afford a, a massively inflated uh, PlayStation Plus offering like this just to not use? That's always the best. See, in, in, in like March or January, whenever my auto renew is, I'm like, oh, I've got a good wee bit of money in my bank account. And then just one day, Monzo, 100, 100 million pound comes out for PlayStation. And it's like, thanks, Jim. What was it, Kev, what was it Kevin Bridges said about vaping? He said he would, he'd never trust anything. He would never smoke anything that you can charge through your PlayStation. Probably, <laughs> 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 probably wise. Look, I'm, I've not got one of these. I've not got one of these big rigs. I'm just one of these people that wants to get a drink in the money to buy a wee elf bar because it makes me feel uh, a, a little bit special, you know. Outlandish. Um, the <laughs> right. This is a, such a vault fast. But on Sunday night, I was I went to see Boy Genius, and um, I'd, I'd had many beverages. And I was holding two drinks and I had the vape in my mouth and I dropped the vape into the beer and it just all fizzed. <laughs> and then the beer started tasting a watermelon vape. And I was like, this is this can't possibly be That sounds like it'd be right. Way to live. Maybe not good for that. you, but Yeah. Uh, I mean inconclusive. Um They don't know yet. Yeah, it yeah, tries in thirty well. years. Before too long we'll be saying God rest them about you. <laughs> we will be <laughs> Sad days. Look, people do lots of interesting things with apes. Uh, commenting on on them is not our job. Next story: CD Projekt has explained why Phantom Liberty will be Cyberpunk 2077's only expansion. Shortly after this announcement last September, CD Projekt said the upcoming Phantom Liberty was the only planned expansion for the sci-fi RPG. Uh, quote: The decision has actually been made uh, when asked if sales of Phantom Liberty might inspire a second one. Uh, this was from uh, Mikhail Nowakowski. 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 Yeah. We'll go with Nowakowski. Quote, as we have announced a long time ago, we're not going to make a second or third expansion. This is the only expansion of the game and it has nothing to do with the numbers or how satisfied or not we are with sales or anything of the kind. It's a technological decision, to be honest. This is the last time we're working on the Red Engine for the time being at least, etc. and so on. Honestly, I think this is a decent shout I feel like they need to get back to like the the next CD Projekt game is going to be a masterclass in pre-release marketing in terms of like <laughs> yeah they've learned their you, lesson. <laughs> you remember Cyberpunk, but see this Witcher game much better. Trust me. Um, what do you what do you think about this, Jade? Do you think this is them being like okay, let's get the Cyberpunk stuff done. Let's get this old technology booted. Let's just move on to... And, and I've not got the story here, but there's like a billion people working on this next Witcher thing. Do you think it's all hands on deck for that? I think I think Cyberpunk burnt them. like, And they've yeah. crawled out of that hole somewhat recently. Like, People say Cyberpunk's like a good game now and it's getting like more positive reception. But at the same time, you can't come back for that forever. I think they want to get this expansion out, have it do well... And then move everyone onto the Witcher and almost pretend it never happened, or get another Witcher hit on their hands. Yeah, there's um, Cyberpunk. The memification of Cyberpunk is difficult to avoid, but um, the uh, Andy either I don't either played it or just saw it um, for the the new expansion, and they're like, yeah, we've redesigned all the. Core yeah, they've systems. done the redoing everything, and that's a free patch for the older versions too, yeah. which is a good shout. I mean, it definitely is um, the. I've always said that um, even if the original Cyberpunk, if launch Cyberpunk worked perfectly, it's still not a brilliant game because mm. the like it's just a super generic RPG in my opinion. But doing all this kind of stuff is a great like. This is a perfect platform for the word of mouth for the next Witcher because people people who don't know will be like, oh, Cyberpunk, mind when that shot the bed. But then people who have been playing it have been like, aye, but they went back and fixed everything and look, they're still saying that. I'm gonna, 
I'm gonna sneeze. Bless you. Oh. You're allergic to cyberpunk. It's all right. I'm allergic to cyberpunk. Uh, I'm allergic to Keanu Reeves' inability to act. Um, oh, poor Keanu. He's a, he's oh, come on. He's a, the loveliest man in showbiz. Johnny Mnemonic himself. Like, Look, I'm sure Keanu, 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 I'm sure Keanu Reeves is a nice man, but he's never kicked a ball in any decent film. Okay? Matrix... He's fine in it, but he just stands there and he catches bullets. Speed? That was all about it. I've never seen Speed. As long as you've seen was it. Was that pre-Matrix? Obviously, I'm not going to take my opinion on a Keanu Reeves I'll give you Speed. I'll give you Bill and Ted, the first one. Bill and Ted's a good I'll film. I'll give you Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, the, the Day the Earth Stood Still. <laughs> he doesn't really act in John Wick. He just kicks the shit out of people. Yeah. He doesn't really act in anything. He just stands there and reads lines. Poor man. Bless Poor man. him. Got a, Look, lot, a lot of time for Big Keanu. Get him on this podcast. He'd do no, it. I'll, yeah. do anything. I'll see what he's up for. Yeah. He was yeah. busy today. <laughs> but he's been, see big he's been playing Starfield. He's trying to get to yeah, that embargo. He, he got a code. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Someone had to. But no, I think, it, I think you're right, Jordan. It's like they're getting out in front of the cyberpunk mess because it's i think a lot of the stuff they're doing with that expansion is both like a pr thing as much as like a design thing like yeah people want the next witcher and they're very excited for it you don't want millions of people being turned off by going oh the cyberpunk they burnt me with that i don't want to be burnt again if they come out of phantom liberty with like a half decent rpg and like restored faith that'll win half the battle for them i think plus he, he came out and said like um this nobakowski said we're moving to unreal engine um we're, we're not using the red engine anymore and you're like yeah fair enough yeah. <laughs> given what happened and that, that's a perfectly understandable combat in the witcher 4 is not going to be dog shit like you heard it here first thank you thank you jade we can get some witcher slander on this podcast it's an eight out of ten <laughs> that's strong i think it's famous like seven out of ten just like breath of the wild all right here we go here we go first is keanu and then it's breath i was of the with wild you then i was with you until the breath of the wild slander see what you start see what you start bad mouthing ben affleck i'm never coming on this thing again ben affleck seems like a decent bloke i still haven't seen gone girl is that him he has gone girl that's spoilers He's the one that's away. He's he's the girl um, who's gone. Oh, I won't watch it, it now. Don't I've got I've got a lot of time for I've got a lot of time for Affleck. Um, Wait, what's the one? What's seen... the one he was in? Argo. Argo. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. Good fun. Either of you two seen the first Meg film? No, Big but like, it's very much. Oh, my, I have. My yeah, jam. I'd like. To I see need it. to see the second one. Okay, is is it good? This, this first Meg film. It's it's not like cinema, but it's it's a good monster movie. I'm not interested in cinema. At full disclosure, I'm I'm it's very likely that I'm gonna to have to see the, the, the cinematic masterpiece that is the Meg Twa uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty soon. So Jason Statham like know. kicks the fuck out of a giant shark. I think that's I sat through two thirds of Oppenheimer where it looked at my phone, so I feel like I could see anything at this point. I could go and watch the nook of the north at this point and I'd be quite You'll be right. Fine. The Meg Two's alright. Yeah. Uh speaking of uh, old things, Chris. You've got a couple right. of games Lovely. you want to talk about uh, this week, and I'm actually I'm, I'm curious about these. You can you can you can take your Starfield type and you can shove it, as they say. Yep. Tell me about first Under the Waves. Yeah, you can ram your Starfield basically because I've been playing Under the Waves, which is the first kind of indie release from Quantic Dream. Um, I don't know if I told you but when I went to when I went to France a few months ago to, to visit their new studio because they were showing off that because net e zones in there and a lot come and see our new studio, and when I, I, I get told all oh, you'll, you'll get picked up at the airport, and I was like this has never happened to me I've never had that experience where somebody's standing with a picture was it David Cage a sign with your name on it I was like oh, this is exciting like, I I, I feel like a David Cage was at the airport waiting <laughs> for him. It came up with a notification I had to hide in the toilet for two hours um I, I was like well this this is good I've never I've never had this um situation where someone's holding my name on a sign this is going to be cool I'm going to feel like a VIP and I turned up and there was nobody there oh. and I was like oh shit. And the guy phoned me, he's like, are you, are you, where are you, where are you? I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> and finally the guy just kind of walked up and he said, Mr. Quantic. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I 
Because I was going, thought my real name that's was Quantic me. Dream. Johnny Quantic. I'm a rapper. Um, so, yeah, so, so that's by the by. The, the point is that Under the Waves is, is, is their first kind of indie game. And it's really good, but it's, it's quite uh, hard hitting. So, basically, you play as a guy called Stan who has had a. And a, a tragic incident, we'll just say, in his life, which mm-hmm. which I was at great pain. I was told at great lens not to reveal, even though you can guess it within thirty seconds. Does his wife die? Close. Oh. Um, his wife's in it. His wife's in the arm. <laughs> oh, it's like Metal Gear. Okay. Um, so he he to get away from this loss, he he goes like and lives in a bunker under the sea. He's like a professional diver, so he works for some oil company, and he, he lives in this underground hub. Uh, underwater hub for like days and days and days and um to, to get away from it all and, and it starts with him doing like menial tasks so you've got to fix like oil leaks and all this kind of stuff and it's really nice it's kind of gentle the the soundtrack's fantastic uh, ambient i believe they call it the kids call it um mm. but then uh, over time he starts losing it a bit and like kind of going slightly mad and he starts finding out that the oil company itself is quite dodgy funnily enough um and then yeah so it all kind of it all kicks off and it, it's really good it's fairly short it's like eight to ten hours um mm. and then like there's without going too much in it it gets like quite hard hitting at the end as as he has to confront confront his grief um in a really weird way um there's like the, 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 there's there's like there's a choice at the end there's like a really difficult choice you need to make near the end um but the game's buggy as hell as well which is really annoying so 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 i, I went <laughs> it's, it's I went, a feature yeah, yeah so i went i'm going to pick this one because this is the one i want i really want to see and then i'll reload the save and i'll do this the other ending and see because there's two endings basically um so i watched the first ending like in tears told the wife and she was in tears as well I was like, what, what is going on with this game is a disgrace and then i went okay right let's let's tackle the second one and when I loaded the save, there's like a bit that something f- goes past your window and you've got to go and look at it and that triggers a mission and it wouldn't let me look at it. Like the, the thing didn't appear and it's like broken. I'm like, I'm never going to see the fucking second ending now. So I don't know what the other, what the other ending is yet because the game mm. crashed on me. Um, but it's really good. Like the, the, the sad, the, the only other thing I don't like about it is sometimes there's really jarring moments um, where like unintentionally, it just doesn't go like it's supposed to. So there's bits where like you're swooping through like the, the ocean and really dramatic music's playing because you've just finished a mission. And then you just you just hit a point where you're at your your next destination and the music just goes it just stops. The music just stops instantly. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's the end of that bit. And there was a bit right at the end where um he's done this there's a real environmental theme to the game as well it's it's um, made in collaboration with uh, a diver owned charity about environment and saving the earth and all this kind of stuff and so you're picking up plastic bottles and all this shit all the way through it because why not um and and it's very woke yeah yeah, (laughs) under the woke um and and there's a bit where he, he does this big long monologue about the the company, the oil company, they're, they're a disgrace and, and all that. It's, 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 that's the one thing I hate. The voice acting is infuriating because he, mm. does, he pauses in every single sentence, like dramatic pauses. So it's like, the oil company, they're, they're not doing what what they should be doing in every line is like this and I'm like for god's sake so he does this big long monologue which is longer than it needs to and at, at this point I realised if you go to the in cockpit view while you're in your submarine you can sing a sea shanty just for a laugh and it was oh. maybe an easter egg that was, you, you were supposed to discover at the start of the game and I only mm. discover it right at the end during this monologue <laughs> and he just stops the monologue instantly so he's like and I can't believe they've done this and I that's gonna fuck me I'll put it on Twitter later I, I, I recorded it because I thought it was hilarious but by and large it's a very good game it's quite emotional but it's short enough and it's got bugs in it but it's kind of worth putting up with mm. I'd say and your, your other wee hit um I knew this would be a Chris Gullion joint because I saw Jeff Grossman going mental about it as well. And I was like, okay, but birds of a th- feather, you you old, old men. Tell us about the <laughs> making of Karateka. I really like it. So this is like digital. Like, I did a wee mini kind of rant about this a couple of weeks ago before I had the code. And it was like Digital Eclipse who did Atari 50 are now doing this series, the Gold Master series, I think it's called, where they'll take a single game 
and go through the making of it in like an interactive timeline. Um, so this is the first game, the first big game from Jordan Mechner, who did Prince of Persia eventually. Um, mm. This is a game he did before Prince of Persia. Um, and it's this basically the story. So it starts with like photographs of him as a child and how he goes to uni. And, um, but the amount of access they've had to him and his past is insane because he's the kind of guy, clearly, who just keeps everything he's ever done. Um, so it tells you the story of how he got a, uh, uh, an Apple II and like developed for it and stuff. And he said, oh, when he was a, when he was like 16, he made these prototype fake asteroids games. And then you get to play those. Like he's he's made his oh, prototypes nice, cool. available. So and it's like you never these have never been seen before, never been played before. So you get to play his shitty wee asteroid games, like when he was just starting out. And then there's a bit where he he he, he makes contact with Broderbund, who would end up developing Prince of Persia. And he says, I've got this game called um oh, I can't remember the name of it. Death Bounce, I think it's called. Um, like another kind of asteroids game, but with little bouncy balls in it. And he sends him the prototype. So again, you get to play that prototype. And it's this is the best bit in the whole thing because you get this letter. He's kept all the letters. So you get to see the back and forth between him and them and them basically saying, this game's shit, fix this. So he tweaks it and then sends him a new prototype and you get to play that. And then they come back and say, it needs a story. So he says, okay, well, here's a story. Makes a new prototype and you get to play it. So you're basically getting to play a game through all these stages of its... Um, cool. um, development and this is a game that didn't even get released because then it moves on to Karateka and it's so the, the amount of detail they go into I'm, again I'm rambling but if you've got any interest whatsoever in what went into the making of a game back in the day this is the best ever way it's been done and this is the first in a series so they're announcing the second one soon I understand and it's just going to keep going and they're 20 quid a go well 17 quid 20 dollars so it's like a nice kind of price because they, they're billing them as like interactive documentaries rather than games um and mm. it's, it's excellent definitely recommended very nice um i was curious about that one it's a <clears throat> it's a period wherein a million massive games are, are going to come out but yeah. um, it's what it's one that's what once it quietens down i think it's worth getting because you can do it in a couple of nights and they've handled it in such a way that even if you've never heard of the game uh, which mm-hmm. I think is what they're banking on. Like a lot of people have never heard of it or never played it, because obviously a lot of people know Prince of Persia, but not as many people know this one. Um, it's it's laid out in a way that you give a shit by the game. Uh, you give a shit about the game by the time you reach it in the timeline, um, and you've seen the development process. And then, but so by the time you get to it, you're like, this isn't just some random retro game that's been heard into a, compila- a compilation just to make up the numbers. You 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 know about the game, you care about the game by the time you get to. It. Um, and it really elevates it. It's, it's an amazing way to, to handle retro games, I think. Nice. Um, I, I hope they get through as many of them as possible. It would be... It's never going to happen, but imagine something like that with Nintendo access. Can you imagine? Could One you day. Imagine? I mean, they've, they've done they've done Konami. They did the Turtles, the Kawabunga collection. Um, obviously, they've now done... They did Atari 50 recently, which is like the best retro compilation I've ever played because it does the same thing. Um, and now they're doing these and... Yeah, it, it, I would love to see like a Doom one or something like oh, that. Because yeah. at one point, like uh, John Romero writes him a letter, uh, a young John Romero writes him a letter, like 17 year old, and the letters and the, this compilation thing as well. Um, so I'd love to see them doing Doom or something like that. That'd be amazing. Well, like, it favorite John Romero moment there's an interview with him in the mid 90s. Uh, I think it's just before Dai Katana. Dai Katana, the hero, is called Hiro Miyamoto, right? <laughs> um, and uh, I think it was just about this time when he's been interviewed, and he's like, and the guy's like, "Well, don't don't you think Miyamoto would be pretty impressed to meet you?" And he just goes, "No." <laughs> <laughs> that was the, that was the most um, uh, ill thought out marketing campaign ever, though. By Daikatana, wasn't it? It's gonna make you your bitch, wasn't yeah, that? John, it? John Romero's about to make you his bitch. Just like the game wasn't that good, <laughs> so, so he, he he failed. God bless John Romero. Yeah. Good Living man. it up in um, Ireland these days. Yeah, just, just in a, a small little town. Imagine being out in the past and just walking past John. Can you Ireland. imagine? Oh. Uh, that's not to say everyone in Ireland is always on the piss, but you know. You can send any comments, questions, and concerns to uh, Rangers Got Pumped in Europe. Oh no, podcast at videogameschronicle.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can go and check out all of the Starfield coverage. You're going to be drowned in it. Um, Here's my recommendation. M- m- recommendation: Get off X. 
get off X, just read a couple of reviews and then go and play the game. Xbox is given away for free. So just, just play it on, just play it on Game Pass. Ignore all the, the discourse, ignore all the shite. Um, can't believe that guy who was selling leaked copies is doing a 12 stretch for it. God bless him. 12 years. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> he's, it must have been confirmed yet. He's, he's facing it. Like that, oh, that, that's the yeah. maximum sentence he could get. I, I watched some of his streams. If he, I hope he defends himself. Um, you can follow me <laughs> at Jordan Midler. You can follow Chris at Scully1888. You can follow Jade at Kona YMA6. We'd like to thank the great Grant Kirkhope for the VGC podcast theme song. Side note, is that Rayman DLC out for Rabbids? Yeah, I think it came that. out yesterday. Yeah, people people are it, playing yeah. it. Oh, mm, interesting. Bring back... Ten years since Rayman Legends and they've, they've no bothered their arse. Oh, to Rayman Legends one. is incredible as well. Yeah, make it new Rayman. On, man. Yeah, Rayman Legends again. Uh, but until next week, remember, follow VGC on Twitter at VGC News. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and all that good stuff. Say goodbye, Chris. Champions League, you're having a laugh. Goodbye, Chris. Say goodbye, Jade. Goodbye, everyone. Play Starfield. Um, play. Go and play. Go away and play Starfield. Yeah, are we doing this? Shit. Ignore the takes, mate. Just get out there. Go to space. I win. Play Starfield. Come on, the Celtic for the weekend. <laughs> I love later. Keanu Reeves. VGC, a video games podcast, is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 